Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Patreon episode of Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your Keeper of Monster and Mysteries, and I am thrilled to be joined today by a special guest, Cap, from Shrimp and Crits. I'm Cap. You can find me on Shrimp and Crits as Agent Ari Green, and I am thrilled to be here. Shrimp and Crits is an outstanding Monster of the Week podcast. It is also one of my favorite actual plays. Agent Ari Green, who Cap plays, is outstanding, and uh, the rest of the cast is also great. So if you haven't already, I must insist that you go check them out. Go do it right now. (laughs) I am very excited to have Cap with me today because we are doing another NPC backstory episode. And I am particularly excited because today we are going to be focusing on one of our most universally beloved and uncontroversial characters, (laughs) Dorian, aka the Tall Man. AKA that very long name I don't remember. <laughs> yes, AKA the Montebank. <laughs> I'm super excited. Cap, do you want to tell folks which playbook we're using for Dorian? We are using a newer playbook called the Spooktacular. It is by Michael Sands, who created uh, Monster of the Week. It is almost like he listened to your show and built a playbook <laughs> off of Dorian himself. It is a magical circus showman, and it is wonderful to play. I can't wait. Without any further ado, I think we can go ahead and get to it. Dorian. That is not your true name, but you have been using it for a while now and enjoying it. So we'll go with that. By the Gregorian calendar, it is sometime in the 1880s, who can really keep track of these human years, and you've been posted up in London for the better part of a decade. It's the latest stop in your ongoing search for a human being with enough potential to test out an idea you've been toying with for some time now. A pact powerful enough to create a pocket world capable of sustaining you. You've done fine by yourself for centuries now, but let's be honest. The constant threat of starvation is exhausting, and making deals is getting a little tedious at this point. You deserve a vacation. But the only way that happens is if you can realize this scheme of yours. You haven't had a lot of luck so far. You've actually considered heading over to the Americas next. Things seem to be picking up there. But you still have a few leads to chase down here, including one tonight. A salon of sorts at the residence of your friend, Lord Henry Wotton, showcasing some of London's brightest talents. Before we get started and really jump in here, Dorian, why don't you tell me a little bit about how things have been going in London? Things have been dull since the bard went away. (laughs) London lacks a certain flair these days. It's all smokestacks and horse shit. I want to find something more, something sustainable, something I can really sink my teeth into. With that in mind, your friend Henry Wotton, Lord Henry Wotton, has invited you to the salon. This event is taking place in his country manor. It's a a beautiful specimen located in the English countryside. It's about an hour north of London by carriage. And I think you are just arriving as we go ahead and jump in here. The manor is located on a perfectly manicured lawn lined with framed hedgerows and blossoming roses that welcome guests as they arrive at the portico. The exterior is a a splendid showcase of architectural masterwork, sporting vaulted arches, strapping steeples, luxurious bay windows, and precise brickwork. 
And although you haven't walked inside yet, you know from previous ventures that the interior is both brooding and lavish, soft cream walls adorned with dark wood fixtures and burgundy tapestry, all gilded in gold accents. Lord Watton knows how to enjoy the finer things in life. I think we can both agree on my tailed coat and top hat. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Dorian and how you're coming to this soiree, this salon? Dorian doesn't want to stand out too much against the other socialites, but he does wear his finest, a tailed coat with a vest buttoned, his top hat, his long gloves, and tall boots. There is a (laughs) bad habit of stepping in mud in London these days, but dressed to the nines with his, what's on his cane? I really want to say a wolf's head on his cane. Ooh, I like that a lot. Okay. With his uh, wolf's head walking cane. And your walking cane has a, a second purpose, as I recall. A more concealed purpose for my own protection. <laughs> a slender blade. We might get to that later. Who knows? Who knows? So you approach the portico, the main entryway into the foyer of the Watton Manor. I, I don't think that Lord Watton is greeting his guests personally. That's something he relegates to the butler, who you know's name is Lawrence. You've met Lawrence a couple times. He greets you as you step up and says, Lord Dorian. It is a pleasure to see you again. You likewise. Are you excited for the salon? I cannot even contain myself. Excellent, my lord. May I take your coat? Please. The Lord does like to keep his house warm. And with that, I think Lawrence takes your coat and beckons you inside. As I mentioned, the interior of this manor is lavish and extravagantly decorated. It is strewn with all manner of fineries. You head inside through the foyer and the grand staircase into the reading room, where this salon is just sort of getting underway. There are about 20, maybe 25 people here. They're all scattered around a handful of tables and chairs. There's a what looks to be a small, not makeshift because it's well-constructed, but a, a small stage kind of off to one side where you expect the presentation of, of talents will be. Lord Watton indicated there would be some showcase of potential, well, potential potential for you. <laughs> Dorian... Tell me about the deal you made with Lord Watton. The deal was that I could help him refine his life and the niceties that he indulges himself in if he is sort of a talent scout for me. His name is on the billing, but I'm the one here to judge and deem worthy. How much of these fineries that adorn this manor ultimately were brought by your hand, one way or another. How much success does Lord Watton owe to you? The Lord would be nothing without the success of his family and father who I made my original deal with. A family affair. They know how to throw a party. (laughs) And the party is underway. There are a handful of servants passing around glasses of French champagne, There's little trays of finger food, sandwiches, and tea cakes. 
it's generally a lively, if not raucous scene. And I think across the way, you spot Lord Watton. He's clad in sort of a, a stylish bordering on garish suit and cravat. He's talking with a handful of other well-to-do, you would guess, aristocrats. I think you can pretty easily pick out the folks who are here to enjoy the performance and the folks that are here to, to perform. Everyone looks nice, but you have a certain sense for the air of nobility. I'd like to hold the champagne flute up and raise it up in sort of a subtle toast to him. A thank you for putting this affair together. Across the room, uh, Lord Wadden catches your eye, claps his hand on the back of some of the, the folks that he is talking to, and uh, I'm going to say waddles. I think waddles over to you. <laughs> and he snatches a glass of champagne from one of these servants and meets your, your raised glass in person. The work you've done to the salon is brilliant. Oh, thank you, Dorian. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lord Dorian. Wonderful to have you here as always. Appreciate your patronage of our fine family and happy to arrange for a little presentation of sorts. And what are your thoughts on tonight's presentation? We have quite a few star performers. We should be able to get things underway in just a moment, but I think you'll be particularly interested in a handful. There's Bertram, who is an accomplished violinist over from Austria. Sybil, we, we picked her out of uh, a local company. She, uh, you know, I know your appreciation for the bard. She performs Shakespeare. Lila. Lila is a ballet dancer, one of the most accomplished. She's studying here on leave from Mother Russia. And Basil is a very up-and-coming painter, and I think he has quite, quite a lot of, of promise. I am thrilled to indulge in this feast of masterworks. Now, Dorian, I know you like to perform yourself sometimes. Are you going to get in the mix this evening? Perhaps I could set the stage. It would be our honor. Say the word. Lord Watton raises, I think he's finished, he drained his champagne glass. He raises it up, takes one of the spoons and starts ringing it. And uh, everyone around falls silent. Distinguished guests, I am thrilled to have you all here today to partake in an evening of creative endeavors, to enjoy some of the finest arts and culture that our great country and really the world has to offer. There will be a number of performances, but it is my tremendous honor to present our opening act, Lord Dorian. And I think throughout the room, there is a smattering of like, intrigued whispers you know your name is not one for the common tongue and so there's a lot of curiosity as you take the stage what is your performance like i think i mean there's no like magicians huh that would be like startling i mean i think there's street magic i almost want to start an instrument and then step away from it as it continues to play Ooh, i like that a lot and then perhaps pull something out of my hat or out of somebody else's. Yeah, I think that is very cool and very Dorian. <laughs> I think to do that, though, it is going to be a role. Oh, yes. So you have a move that would work pretty well for this. Do you want to tell the listeners what it is? So I do have a move called Magic and Illusions. When I cast Confounding Spells, when I weave an illusion, I roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, everyone is fooled. But on a 7 to 9, it doesn't quite work. And on a failure... It goes badly as magic always does. 
So why don't you give me a roll plus weird? So stepping up on stage and grabbing this violin, getting my song going, I'm going to try to use magic here to keep the song going. Plus two weird. Let's see. Okay, that's eight on the dice plus two is a 10. All right. So on a 10 plus, everyone is fooled. They're either led in a direction of your choice or you and those you choose escape undetected. That's not particularly relevant to the situation, but tell me what your full success looks like here. Tell me about your performance. I will go up and start playing one of the old songs, something from earlier in my time here on Earth, something from another country, something foreign that these aristocrats are not used to hearing that will catch them off guard. And then stepping away from the violin, it's going to stay in place, continuing this song as I remove my hat, put my hand inside, and begin pulling out individual roses one by one, littering the stage floor with them, preparing for the other acts this evening. I think at first there's interest in your performance, and it's good. When you step away from the violin, a ripple runs through the crowd of murmurs and gasps, and then some light chuckling as you begin pulling roses out of your hat, mimicking the street magicians that they might have seen you know, in the streets of London. And after a few minutes, your performance concludes. Do you walk back to the violin or do you like let it fall to the ground or what, what, how, does, how does it end? Do they seem unimpressed? Oh, no, they're very impressed. Okay. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'm going step to in, step in with my arm and chin and shoulder back into the violin, grabbing the bow and finish with a flourish. There is a raucous cheer throughout the crowd and it echoes in the rafters of this castle-like manor. And I will bow and remove my hat once again, just sort of littering in front of me with petals of roses that come out of the hat as I bow. Yeah, and I think you go ahead and step off stage and uh, Lord Watton steps on and as he passes you by, he gives you a, a firm handshake and steps up and says, my dear guests, I hope you enjoyed that wonderful performance. Please don't crowd Lord Dorian. He's, he's terribly shy, so please give him his space, but also have to apologize for, for letting him come up first. You all are going to be tremendous, and I am excited to welcome up our next performer, Lila Thompson, a young, ethereal-looking woman with long black hair that is put up into a very tight bun takes a step onto the stage and kind of gently brushes aside some of the petals with her ballet shoes to avoid any hazard (laughs) and then begins dancing. And I think the rest of the performances unfold. None of them are nearly so uh, wondrous as yours, but these people are truly talented. The performance by Lila, the ballet dancer, is sublime. The violinist, Bertram Fogg, is exceptionally skilled and precise. I mean, he can't match your sort of whole deal, but (laughs) his music is is stunning and evocative. Sybil Vane, the actress, does a... Well, Cap, you're the Shakespeare buff. What does Sybil Vane perform? Is it Lady Macbeth? Oh, yeah. Very good. So she does a profound and sentimental rendition of the scene from Lady Macbeth, or the Lady Macbeth scene. And... Basil Hayward, or Halward. Basil Halward is, I think, the last performance. Uh, and it's not so much of a performance as uh, he comes onto the stage with a painting, or I should say a large rectangular object that is covered <laughs> in a tarp. And he walks onto the stage, sets it on a stand, pulls the tarp off, and walks away. 
And I think the painting is a picture of this salon, which means he could have only done it while the other acts were being performed. And it's a rendition of everyone in the audience. Including myself. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And the talent is undeniable. The brushwork is gentle, yet surprisingly evocative. I think the only thing that strikes you is that it's restrained. Hmm. Not the style so much as the subject matter. This talent being applied to something so mundane as a room full of people is a waste. (laughs) And at the conclusion, after he walks off, it's just quiet for a while. Could I begin the clap? You absolutely may begin to clap. Uh, And I think the room follows you. Yeah, I'll fold my cane into my arm and... There's a loud, sustained, everyone's standing, so it's already a standing ovation, but you get the sense that people would have stood. <laughs> and eventually the, the clapping dies down. And then everyone just kind of stands there for a while in confusion. Because Lord Watton is nowhere to be found. Where is that stout little lord? I think people start to sort of murmur. You can hear the folks close to you are like, Where's, where is Lord Watton? What is... What has happened? Where do, has he gone? Do I see Lawrence? Uh, yes, I think you see uh, Lawrence towards the back uh, of the room. I would like to make my way towards him. Lord Dorian? Sir Lawrence, have you seen the lord of the house? Where has he gone? I believe he stepped out to use the washroom just down the hall. He's been gone some time and his guests are becoming wary. Yes, perhaps we should check on him. Well, perhaps we should. Perhaps Is I should else? check on him. It would be weird to ask you, a guest, to check on wondering. the Lord in the bathroom. Perhaps I should go check on him. Come and find me if you have, or if you haven't. And Lawrence begins to uh, shuffle down the hall, and a few doors down, you see him knock on a door. And the door swings open, and Lawrence's face goes white as a sheet. Lord Watton, are you well? Lawrence, I think he just looks at you with a mortified look on his face. I would like to head towards Lord Watton. You head down the hall and pull up to the doorway where the butler is standing. And in the washroom is the body of Lord Watton. His throat has been cut. And I think you know that he is dead. And this is a problem, (laughs) Dorian, because you've had a long-running deal with Lord Watton. Yes. And his death poses an immediate issue. You no longer have a source of magical energy to sustain you. Go ahead and mark unstable. Wonderful. And you will be until you make a new deal. We're off to a good start. Lawrence? Yeah, yes? Come on, man. I know you were in the war. You've seen worse than this. He sort of shakes his head. He's like, it's been some time, but yes, I shall comport myself in a manner that the late lord would be proud of. Now go and lock the doors. Yes. We have business to attend to. Of course, Lord Dorian. 
uh, and he quickly shuffles away to the front door. I would like to take a closer look at his body to see if there's any anything foul, anything out of place. Sure. Give me a roll to investigate a mystery. I'll do that. Oof. Nine on the dice plus one, a ten. All right. Well, this is Hold two. much better than my usual rolls. <laughs> <laughs> what happened here? Uh, someone entered the bathroom, and while Lord Watton's back was to the door, cut his throat from behind, knocked him to the ground, and probably stood over him. I think actually you can see there's some dust on his suit jacket in the form of a boot print and stood over him (laughs) until they were sure he was dead. And he's still warm. Yes, this happened very recently. What a choice between questions here. What's being concealed here? I think for what is being concealed here, what I will give you is that there's a lock on this door which means this person must have been capable or this creature must have been capable of picking the lock or passing through the door and also surprising Lord Watton while doing so. Hmm. <laughs> you notice one other thing, and I'll give you this for free because I, there's no way you could miss it because pinned to Lord Watton's lapel is a note and it's nailed in. No. Oh. <laughs> and what does that note say? It reads... Produce thyself, demon, for I know thou hast many faces and forms. I do not wish to slay these poor souls here that have not yet fallen under the foul sorcery of your most debased ways. But as God is my witness, I shall do so if you force my hand. It is not signed. Well, who could this possibly be about? (laughs) Lord Watton, you have more secrets than you let on. And I'll fold the note and put it in my breast pocket, which is not on me because I gave my coat away. I will fold my note. I'll fold the note <laughs> and put it in my pocket. Hmm. Let me ask you a question of the limitations of my use magic sure. because I'm very stuck in the point of wanting to look back in time here <laughs> to see exactly who it was. But I feel like that will end our mystery quickly. Uh, no, if you would like to do that, go ahead. I would. Uh, I'm going to step over the good lord and close the door behind me and then take out my pocket square a a small handkerchief piece of cloth and with my breath just fog up the mirror and as i remove the fog with my handkerchief try to view what happened here before make that image appear out of the fog yeah go ahead and give me a roll to use magic that is six on the dice plus two so eight On a seven and nine, there's a glitch. I think the glitch would be a short duration. Here is what you see looking into the fog of the mirror. As time rolls back, you see Lord Watton enter, begin going about his business. Apologies, Lord. (laughs) And you see the door open. And there is a figure standing there, a humanoid figure. But it is blindingly bright. And you see this figure slowly push open the door, take a step up behind Lord Watton, produce what appears to be some sort of blade, cut his throat, and then stand over him. And then after a couple minutes, they produce something from their pocket, lean down over him, and do something, you presume affix this note, and then step out. And all this time, attempting to look at it is almost impossible. Like, it it hurts your eyes. 
Full of secrets, full of secrets. I would like to try to step out of the room without being seen. Yeah. Unless it's by Lawrence. Lawrence knows I'm here. Yeah, I don't think anyone is in the immediate vicinity. Wonderful. You can hear a growing commotion from the drawing room, however. I'll make my way back there. People are getting anxious. I think there's a growing sense of concern. You see a few people starting to move off into hallways. Um, I will step up on the stage and grab a champagne flute on my way. Okay. With the head of my cane, I'm going to just gently tap the champagne flute to try to get everybody's attention. I don't think there's a role needed here. I think the crowd, especially after your previous performance and your obvious uh, relation sure. to Lord Watton, stops what they're doing and, and at least pays attention to you for the time being. I have just spoken to the good Sir Lawrence, and it seems that our dear Lord Watton is indisposed for the time being. He has become ill and has taken to bed, but he has ensured me that he wants you all to eat, drink, and be merry in his absence. Go ahead and give me a roll to manipulate someone. Sure. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> well... That's a three on the dice. <laughs> you you provoked the wrath from the thing on high. I did. Uh, I okay, did. so that is a miss. I should note at this point, for this one shot, I'm going to give you one luck. Uh, you are not doomed when you use it. I don't know if you want to use it now. Probably not. But just you know, for your reference, you have one luck point. Yes, a social faux pas is okay. A life or death faux pas may not be. Yeah. I think the failure here is most people believe you and most people go back to socializing in the drawing room. Probably three, four, maybe five people don't sort of make their way back from these hallways that they were going down. So a handful of people have have slipped out of this room now. Has Lawrence come back? Yeah, I think Lawrence is back after having barred the front door. <laughs> I like my friend Lawrence. You've given me a friend. <laughs> you gotta have a friend. Lawrence, have you seen anything? Nothing out of the ordinary Lord Dorian. It would seem the good Lord Watton has been murdered. It does seem like that is what happened. Did he have any enemies, anyone here? Lord Watton had many rivals among the nobility and aristocracy, the, the other lords, but none here this evening. This is a, an intimate gathering for good friends, and talented people. The Lord Watton and I had an unfinished deal, so someone has a price to pay in his absence. I like this moment as the moment you take one harm from being unstable. And Dorian, you look down at your hand, and you can see the skin has tightened a little bit, it looks dry and almost withered. Take back out my gloves and, though it's strange inside, put them back on my hands. A deal, sir? Business of the high society, Lawrence. Nothing you need concern yourself with. Ah, uh, of course, my lord. Now where has that painter gone? I think Basil is seated in a large sort of comfy upholstered chair it's like a deep sort of burgundy. And he's just, he's sitting by himself, sipping a glass of champagne, kind of away from most of the group. I'd like to grab myself a glass, never drinking, and 
sit next to him or just approach? I think there's a couple chairs around him that are empty. Did I have his last name? Uh, his name is Basil Hallward. Sir Hall, hmm. Sir Hallward. Hallward. I know it's kind of Sir difficult. Hallward. It <laughs> is. Uh, we can make it Hayward. Hayward. That would be so much easier. Okay. Yeah. Let's just do Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> sir Hayward, is it? Yes, I'm Basil. You don't need to call me sir. Would you mind if I sat with you for a moment? I would not mind. Please. Much appreciated. I'll sit down. That work you presented, was that done today? Yes, from this chair, in fact. And he gestures to a, an easel that's kind of tucked away, almost behind the chair, but just slightly protruding. Tell me, have you always had such raw talent? I suppose. Obviously, when I was a child, it was unrefined, but after some dark years... I've had the great fortune of receiving a steady patronage from cultured nobles, such as Lord Watton. And yet you were so restrained. I mean, no offense, but there is so much you could do with that brush. And you hold yourself back painting pictures of salons. I paint what I see. Today it was a group of well-to-do lords enjoying some performances, and he looks somewhat pointedly at you. Other times it is an apple on a table, or a beautiful forest, copse of trees, the sky. There is more to life than what your eyes can see, Basil. I don't think he knows what to say to that, so he doesn't say anything. You get the <laughs> sense that he is not a man of many words. Sure. And so I just don't think he responds to that. I mean, no offense to you, sir, but... I see a ball of clay with you, one that can be molded further, one that has so much potential. As many have said before, when I was a child and when I was on the streets. There are not many like me, Basil. What would you have me paint then, Lord Dorian? <laughs> Basil, would you trust me for a moment? So it sounds like this is probably a cue up for a manipulate someone, but you will need to give him a reason. So I think his response is, and what reason do I have to trust you? You have seen that I am beyond your mundane artist. You've seen what I can do on stage. I have many talents beyond what you've seen today, and I would like to share them with you. Give me a role to manipulate someone. Let's see. Oh, come on, dice. Oof. That's five on the dice plus one. That is another failure. Ooh. Okay. Since myself and Dorian have no time for failure, I'm going to expend that one luck point you've given me. All right. To make this a full success. Okay. On a 10 plus, they will do it for the reason you gave them. So you promise to show them more. Basil, I want you to give me your hands. Place them in mine and close your eyes. He does so, somewhat cautiously, like he's not fully committed to this, but he leans forward out of the chair and puts his hands in yours and closes his eyes. I can feel your trepidation, Basil. Be assured there is nothing to fear with me. All I want to do is show you that there is a world Beyond what you can see in front of you, there are things that you could never dream of. And I will show you these things 
and you will paint them and capture them in all of their glory, Basil, and you will be the greatest artist that this world has ever known. Not just this world, but every other world. So you want to show him the other planes of existence, basically, yeah? Vaguely, but yes. This is definitely going to be a use magic role. Sure I think is. observe another place or time. So go ahead Ooh. and give me a roll to use magic. Let's see. Let me tell you how much I want to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, I rolled snake eyes. <laughs> Woof. Which is a four. I think the miss here is that you reveal too much. Mm, mm. He absolutely sees otherwhere and the plane of memory and the hereafter, and he sees them clearly. I think he also understands that you are not human. Hmm. And after an indeterminate amount of time, I, I think both of you are sort of on this trip together and, and don't really know how, how long you were out. You both return to the, the manor. And he looks wild-eyed at you and says, what was that? Where, where did we get, where did we get, what were those places? What are you, what are you? It seems you may have had too much of that champagne, Basil. I simply want you to explore your artistic wilds. What did you see when you closed your eyes, Basil? I saw a forest with living trees and people whose faces changed. And your, I saw you without your face and I saw the gleaming silver gates of heaven, a vast emptiness, nothing, nothing but orbs of light. Where, what are those places? Is his painting stuff nearby? Like he's sitting in front of his easel, correct? Yeah, it's like sort of tucked away to the side. I want to hand him his brush. Show me, Basil, show us and show the world what you've seen. I hate to make you roll again, uh -huh. but I think to get past this Bad fail. This real yeah, bad this, fail. I think to get past this, it's going to have to be another manipulate someone. Whew. Wow. That's another one on one of them, but a six on the other. So seven hey. on the dice plus one is an eight. A mixed success. On a seven, nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show them that you mean it. What would you do to show Basil that you mean it? Oh, maybe I can combine this a little bit. Let's see. Basil, if you can paint these things that you've seen, I have connections all over London, all over Europe, and I would love to see your work hanging in the greatest of galleries. All you need to do, Basil, is remove yourself from the fear that you are showing now. I could give you the greatest deal of your entire life. Would you like to see your artwork hanging in the Louvre? Do you speak French, Basil? You're going to need to learn. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> he looks at you, still a bit wild-eyed, but picks up the easel and sets it up to the side. He has a, a spare canvas, and he starts to paint good lad. At first, it's measured and steady, although the fine quality of the brushstroke is still there, but as it continues, it gets more fevered, more frenetic, more energetic, more wild, <laughs> until eventually he stops 
and it must be done because he is. The piece before you is a series of lurid brushstrokes in all manner of vibrant, abstract colors. It doesn't even resemble any of the other worlds. It's something wholly new. I will contact the galleries in the morning, Basil. Are you proud of your work? I think he looks at you and there are tears running down his face. Not crying, just sort of like Mm -hmm. open eye tears. And he just nods silently. I remove my glove and extend my hand to shake his. And I feel like my hand is worse. Just Yeah, I think actually as this painting was happening, you <laughs> are going to take another harm from your unstable condition. Okay. But, Dorian, would you like to read your negligible price move? A negligible price. You can make a magical deal to fulfill a desire for someone else. The price is they reveal to you a secret. The world then arranges itself to fulfill their desire, fitting the scale of the secret, which I may have arranged his world a little bit too much. (laughs) How does the secret play out? Does he tell you it? Do you just know it? It's more that I shared the secret with him in this sense, but now he's keeping the secret. I like that. Tell me, Basil, what... Do you call this work your masterpiece? The Sublime Intemperance. Is that what you saw when you closed your eyes? It's what I saw when I opened them and looked into yours. Oof, you're good at this. (laughs) He reaches out and takes your hand and shakes it. Very good, Basil. If you'll excuse me, I have guests to entertain and a lord to check in upon. Of course. I will be in contact with you after I've reached out to the galleries. Yes. Have a good evening, Lord Dorian. I'll hand him my handkerchief from my pocket which is obviously embossed with Dorian or a big fancy D. Mm -hmm. You've been crying, Basil. Please do make yourself presentable. He takes it and looks somewhat abashed and starts dabbing his eyes. And I will, I guess, go find this murderer now that we've (laughs) side-quested my way. And as you walk away, Dorian, you feel the renewed sustenance uh, from a deal brokered. You are no longer unstable. Although you do still have two harm. Um, nom, 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 nom. Sweet, delicious deals. <sighs> so, grabbing a, another flute of champagne off the nearest tray and looking around the soiree that I've been neglecting, does anything seem of issue? Is anyone else perished while <laughs> I was gone? Why don't you go ahead and give me a roll to read a bad situation? Sure, it can't be nearly as bad as all my other rolls. Oh, 11 on the dice. Wow. Plus one, a 12. Hold three. Okay. Let's start with, are there any dangers that I haven't noticed? You hear some shouting towards the foyer and the main door. 
it sounds like things are getting heated. Hmm. What's my best way out to avoid being seen? Not that I don't want to be seen. It's that I don't want to be followed. Out of the manor or within the manor? Uh, I'm in the salon, correct? And I need to head towards the main door. Yeah, yeah. So I think from the reading room, there's an entrance to the dining room. And mm-hmm. I think you know, having been here before and supped with the late Lord Watton, that that dining room leads to a small den, which also has an entrance to the main foyer. So you could skirt through those rooms. I would like to do that. You do so unimpeded and unnoticed. And what do I see when I arrive? Lawrence is stationed at the front door, and you can see three guests are berating him. They appear to be trying to leave. Hmm. I think you recognize among them Bertram Fogg, the violinist. Okay. Good. Sir Lawrence, what is happening here? Lord Dorian, some of the guests would like to leave. Such a simple misunderstanding. Has Lawrence not informed you of the ruffians outside? I didn't want to alarm them, especially in the absence of our host. It would seem some of the stable hands have had a bit too much to drink this evening. And as you can imagine, the Lord Watton is humbly and slightly embarrassed. Give me a roll to manipulate someone. My goodness. Dorian is just losing his touch. That is three on the dice plus one. Okay. I think Bertram says... Now, I have had quite enough. I was invited here for a performance for Lord Watton. He's spent scarcely any time this evening with his guests. And frankly, I am quite tired and full of champagne. I will not be kept here. And frankly, I will also not be waylaid by any riffraff if he cannot keep his staff in order. And he pushes open the front door and starts walking out. And I think the other two guests begin to follow, although they're several steps behind Bertram. I'm going to have to try to weave an illusion here of some horrendous calamity outside that would be vile enough to send these people back inside. So I'm going to try to use my magic and illusions here. Give me a roll plus weird. Okay, I'll take that. That's nine on the dice plus two. It's an 11. Okay. On a 10 plus, everyone is fooled. They are either led in a direction of your choice or you and those you choose escape undetected. Perfect. Presumably the former. So I think that what we see outside is, as soon as they open the door, a frightful illusion of one or more people who have seemed to develop plague symptoms. I'm trying to think something grounded here. Yeah. I think Bertram stops and looks aghast and mortified and and starts heading quickly back inside, and the other two follow. Dorian, as he turns, you hear a gunshot ring out from outside. And as Bertram is stepping back over the threshold, a bullet pierces their chest and they fall over. I don't much care for Bertram. I'll be candid with you. I'm going to look directly outside and see where this shot was fired from. Yeah. Give me a roll to read a bad situation. For sharp. What is the problem here? (laughs) That is, I'm going to level up as Dorian here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a three on the dice, plus one. 
I think you are distracted by the magic that you're trying to weave. And so you yes. can't, you don't get any sense of where this is coming from. It's dark outside and whatever like muzzle flare you might have picked up is gone in a flash. And so I don't think you see anything before the other two guests stumble back inside and Lawrence throws the doors shut. Is the man dead? Probably dying. Mm. Lawrence, if you can tend to his wound as best you can, I fear that bullet was intended for me. And I would love to meet who delivered it. Yes, my lord. It's hard to find good help these days, Lawrence, and you are just cream of the crop. You are too kind, my lord. <laughs> There's just a man dying on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, now there is a panic inside. Yeah, no, that one, that one's on me, probably. <laughs> Yeah, there's very much scattered screams, people like the the scraping of chairs, people have taken cover, others are trying to look out windows, seeing what is going on. It is a mess inside now. And the bullet did, in fact, come from outside. Uh, As best as you can tell. As best as I can tell with my great roles this evening. I'm going to have to push Lawrence out of the way and step outside. Am I immediately shot? Uh, Are you just opening, throwing the doors open? I won't put anyone else at risk. I'm going to open the door slightly and slink my way out into the front lawn. Yeah, as soon as you start heading out into the front lawn, uh, I need you to give me a roll to act under pressure as you hear (laughs) the sharp crack of a rifle. Which unfortunately does not enact my move for act under pressure, I don't believe. Oh yeah, you have just another day. Yeah, which good Alvin has, I believe, correct? Indeed. So I will roll a regular act under pressure, which is still plus one. Six on the dice plus one. Narrowly made it. On a seven and nine, I'm going to give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. I think you can avoid the shot, but if you do, you are going to break your sword cane, Mm. or you're not going to completely avoid this hit. (sighs) He doesn't have a sword cane when we meet him later, so... (laughs) (laughs) what better time than now i will take something horrible happens to my lovely wolf capped sword cane so you roll to the side and i think you just catch the the sword cane on the ground at a strange angle and the blade gets all bent out of shape the cane portion shatters the nice wolf head is still intact but the weapon is functionally not functional he foiled my foil (laughs) yes amazing amazing cap Ah, oh, I love a good pun. Yeah, but you you avoid you avoid the shot. What do you do? With anger behind my cold eyes, I'm going to again try and see where this shot came from. I think it's going to be another read a bad situation. That is slightly better. That is seven on the dice plus one. Hold one. Just to mix it up, what's the biggest threat? Feel like we can get the same answer out of that, Dorian. You have been around for some time and have been involved in your share of fights. And a couple things click for you, I think. The first is that Lord Watton was murdered in the house with a knife. And this person is outside with a gun. Mm. The biggest threat is that there is more than one threat. Well said. Terrifying, but well said. I don't know where the shot came from. But uh, I know no, multiple threats. Because that's not how you used your read a bad situation. It is. It, it certainly is. No, I like the answer. It makes sense. One person keeping us in. Dastardly, they've planned this. I want to get weird with this so bad. Get weird with it. I like it. I'm going to get weird with it. Do it. 
I'm going to attempt another illusion here. Okay. What I want to do is make multiples of myself. Okay. A bit of mirror image. Classic. That way, if fired upon again, less likely to be hit, more likely to see where it's coming from. I think this sounds like magic and illusion, so give me a roll plus weird. Five on the dice plus two is a seven. Another close one. Yeah, on a seven nine doesn't quite work. Uh, you misdirect or escape as a ten plus, but I will choose one. Someone isn't fooled, mm. or you gain unwelcome attention. Lovely. We'll get to the the fallout in a minute, but I think several of these simulacrums appear. Another shot rings out, and it goes through one of your illusions. And this time, you do get a good spot on where this person is. They are across the garden in one of the hedgerows, and you can see the muzzle sticking out of the bush. Could I give a little bit of disgusting flavor for how this spell is enacted? Of course. I think after rolling out of the way, I'm just going to toss my hat onto the lawn. The hole is going to extend, and multiple Dorians are just going to claw their way out and just begin to run in different directions, scattering across the lawn like ants. Amazing. And then Dorian Prime is going to head towards the shooter as quick as possible. I think as a result of your illusions here, I'm going to say that you you reach them without getting hit. Is it a human person? Yes. It is a man wearing simple clothing, uh, a little bit dirty, relatively unremarkable features. As I make my way up to them, I'm just going to extend my hand to their chest. I think I may need to hurt them with this one. I don't know if Dorian's hands get sharp or anything. I could use magic to do one harm, ignore armor. Yeah, if it's magical in nature, then yeah, go ahead and give me a roll plus weird. Dorian leveled up. I don't think we're doing experience, but he leveled up. I mean, if you leveled up, I guess take another <laughs> luck point. <laughs> sure. I'll give you that. Right? That's fun. That's a that's a neat mechanic, honestly, for one shots. Yeah. <laughs> It's never come up before. But. <laughs> I've never failed so much. I'm also going to change my dice. Yeah. Okay, here's some just plain pipped dice. Let's find out. Um, I'm going to use my luck to attack this person because this needs to end. My newly found luck <laughs> leveling up. You're going to use the luck that you just got. All right. To hurt them. Yes. That's fine. Okay. I can't possibly fail anymore. So on a 10 plus, the magic works as intended. So uh, you reach out with your long arm and grab hold of their chest and your nails extend outward into their flesh and you sort of pull yourself towards them and rip them out from the hedgerow. Who sent you here? Release me, you foul beast. I'm here on the orders of the famous Inquisitor himself, Abe Van Helsing. And you're going to pay, demon. Demon, you you know nothing of me. And you have made a mistake. I want to hurt him. I want to hurt him hard. Okay. How are you doing so? The move I took is unholy strength, which is weird for kicks and ass. I think it fits. So do I. I don't think it's very harmful, but I'm going to roll kicks and ass. Yeah. Give me a roll to kicks and ass. Oh, and the dice are happy again. That is 10 on the dice, plus 2 is a 12. On a 10 plus, choose an extra effect. I feel like I have him in a pretty good position to inflict terrible harm to him. 
I'm going to say your unarmed attack does one. I know a normal person's unarmed attack does zero, but Dorian's not a normal person. And you don't have any other weapons besides your sword cane, so I think an unarmed attack of one is fair. Uh, So that's going to do two harm. Mm -hmm. What does this look like? I think I move my hand from his chest and to his throat, both of them. I think as you are doing this, he grabs a knife from his belt and plunges it into your side for one harm and <laughs> sort of gurgling says, you, you, you might hit me, but you'll never get him. <laughs> you look pretty good right now. You find a new person to feed on. I Abel, find him. Don't worry. I haven't the time or the patience for you. I want to take his gun and finish him with it. I don't think you need to roll. He is out of weapons and in no position really to defend himself. So I think you can easily grab his gun and finish him off. Even if it's holding one hand against his throat and extending my other hand to get his gun off the ground. Give me a roll to act under pressure. Sure. You've convinced me to make this harder on you. I know. Yeah, that's my shtick, I think, typically. (laughs) We got there. That's an eight. Seven on the dice plus one. On a seven to nine, I will give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. I think it's that he is going to to get one more hit in on you, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be one more harm. Sure. I think maybe he grabs the knife and twists it or something. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's one more before you finish him off. As he's dying, can I show him my true face? Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. You see just the beginnings of a scream as the life leaves his body. Is the gun still usable? Can I take it with me? Uh, You may. Wonderful. I'm calling this a long rifle. Sure. Whatever would be appropriate for this era. Uh, It is three harm, far, loud, reload. And being a man of the times, I know how to dig through this man's pockets and find his extra ammunition and reload it properly. Yep. Wonderful. The hunt is on. What do you do? Well, they don't have walkie-talkies. Let's see. You are out on the lawn probably about 50 paces from the portico. And as you look back, here is your mixed success on magic and illusions. (laughs) The doors are still open and... Lawrence is there, and several other guests are there, and they are all staring aghast. I think they're all staring aghast at a few different ones of me still running around the garden. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the one that just murdered somebody. Oh, sure. I would like to raise my hands and clap them, sending my simulacrum back into my hat. Okay. Amazing. Quite horrifyingly in front of these people, (laughs) I think. Uh, the jig is and up, that, I think. <laughs> yeah. And as I walk forward, I will sweep my hat off the ground and put it back upon my head. These guests are just staring aghast at the front door. You will all find that the good Lord Watton has been murdered. Lawrence can attest to this, and he can also attest to my innocence. I have found one of the culprits responsible, but the other is still afoot within this manner, possibly one of you. If anyone has anything they'd like to say, please step forward thusly. Give me a roll to manipulate someone, for sure. Sure. That's gonna work this time. (laughs) Eight on the dice, plus one, a nine. On a seven to nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. 
I think I'm going to Calvin Ball a little here with the rules. Uh, I think I'm going to give you a, a mixed success on Manipulate Someone, mm-hmm. which I think is just that nobody does anything as you walk toward, like they are just frozen. They don't <laughs> offer any help. They don't try to stop you. They're just frozen. <laughs> uh, and as you get closer, I think you can tell like probably two thirds, half to two thirds of the guests are at the door. You humans are still so close to scared sheep. Hopefully evolution takes you further soon. Lawrence, there is some cleanup involved out in the garden. Uh, of, of course, sir. And he quickly scurries towards the corpse in the garden. I'm going to pass through this group of people taking one of their handkerchiefs and wiping the blood from my face and then pull back the lever on this rifle, engaging the next bullet and step into the house. As you step into the house, you see past the foyer into the drawing room onto the main stage. And standing there are two figures. Mm. The first is a tall Older, rugged-looking man. He has salt-and-pepper hair. He has a black top hat, a long black cape over a black greatcoat, over a black suit vest, over a crisp white shirt stained with little flecks of blood. A gold cross hangs from his neck. In one hand, he's holding a revolver pointed at you. And in the other, he's holding one pointed at the second figure. Basil Hayward, shaking on stage. Demon! It would seem I'm not the only one here with a flair for the dramatic. Van Helsing, I presume. You forced my hand. I gave you ample time to reveal yourself. But no, you had to corrupt another innocent soul, another fine, upstanding man, turn to your dark ways... From where I'm standing, Van Helsing, you seem to be the most accurate depiction of a monster here. Wouldn't you agree with me, Basil? Basil shakily nods his head. Good lad. My hands may be bloody, but my soul is pure. It's not too late. Your soul may be burned, but you could still save those of others. You could still save this young man. Surrender yourself. For judgment, I will see if he can be redeemed. I'm tired of this, man. I would like to try to use some magic here. Okay, what are you trying to accomplish? What I want to accomplish here is to have all of my discarded rose petals pick up in a torrent and block this man's view of me. Give me a roll, magic and illusions. This may be applicable to use the game as fixed if it's someone fails a skilled task. What skilled task would he... Shooting me. Is that a skilled task? (laughs) If you would rather use the game as fixed. Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, I guess it is a chaotic place. The game as fixed reads, when you use magic in a crowded and chaotic place, like a This definitely qualifies. Take plus one forward. You may also choose the following effects whenever you use magic. The effect I'm trying to achieve here is that someone fails a skilled task, that task being Van Helsing shooting me to death. All right. Give me a roll to use magic. Uh, however, as you work to weave this magic, 
you can tell that Van Helsing is under some form of supernatural protection. Hmm. Van Helsing has an ability called Holy Shield, which <laughs> essentially means that anytime you use magic against him, you suffer a minus one. That's great. So, so you're going to take a minus plus one on one. this roll. <laughs> yeah, it cancels out. Take my plus one forward and my minus one, and let's roll flat. Eight on the dice, plus two, a ten. What does it look like as he fails? As we're monologuing at each other a little bit here, he doesn't notice, but I think Basil does. These flower petals that I poured out at the beginning of my show just start to twitch and then shake and begin to skitter across the ground and then whip themselves up into a small torrent, including the roses. And I think the way this makes him fail, his skill task is in this torrent, a full rose goes directly into the barrel of his gun. God, that's fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) You hear the hammer click back and there's a loud bang as the gun goes off, but the bullet goes horribly awry as it tears through this rose. And so you have an, an opening where Van Helsing's gun is not working. I think in this opening, I'm going to have to save Basil instead of hurt this man. I'm going to try to grab and pull Basil out of the way off the stage. Give me a roll to protect someone. Oh, a roll I never get to use. A roll that's minus one. Well, that's five on the dice, minus one. Woof. It's bad. So on a miss, you wind up making things worse. Dorian, you spring forward and go to throw Basil out of the way. But it is at this moment that Van Helsing clears not the gun that was pointed at you, but the one that was pointed at Basil. He fires and hits Basil in the stomach, and Basil collapses to the ground. As this happens, Van Helsing grabs you, throws you down to the ground, and points both revolvers at you. You see... This could have been avoided. This could have been so simple. But no, you only think of yourself. It is so funny that you say that. He knocked me down. He knocked my hat off. I want to try to trap a specific person. And the way I want that to play out is that all of my other hands just reach out and hold on to him from my knocked over hat. Excellent. Give me a roll to use magic. Just what he just said. You led me into it. It's fantastic. Seven on the dice plus two. On a seven and nine, there's a glitch. Let's put on a show. I want to draw some immediate unwelcome attention as he knocks my hat off, knocks me to the ground, and the hands of my simulacrum reach from the hat and start to pull at his arms and his legs, holding him in place. I think immediate unwelcome attention can only mean one thing here, and that's a round of revolver fire. You are going to take two harm as he gets several shots off with his revolvers before your illusory arms grab hold of him. I would like to stand up. Before I kill you, would you like to make a deal? I'll see you in hell, demon. (laughs) There are places far worse than any hell that you can imagine places that I call home. And I'm going to lift the rifle and shoot this still object. Give me a roll to kick some ass. Mm Mm-hmm. 
another 10 on the dice plus two. Weird. On a 10 plus, you get to choose an extra effect. Put him where I want him, straight to hell. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm going to inflict terrible harm. So four. You level this rifle at Van Helsing and pull the trigger. And he falls to a heap on the ground. As you do, Dorian, you realize that a long serrated blade is sticking out of your torso. Take one heart. And with that, my boxes are full. Dorian, you collapse onto the ground right beside Van Helsing as you watch the life leave his eyes. And overhead, you hear the sound of footsteps. And kneeling over you is Basil. Basil, you know as well as I do that you and I are not for this world for much longer. No, I I want what you promised. If you make one more deal with me, Basil, I promise you everything. I, I promise I will give you everything that I've offered and you and I shall live forever. What do I have to do? The painting, Basil. You need to put me in the painting. You've painted me before, and I know that you can do it again, even with a bullet wound in your gut. The sublime intemperance, Basil, it is what connects us. And if you add me, the show will go on forever and ever for both of us. He takes your hand, and as he's doing so, picks up the paintbrush and begins to paint. Brushstroke over brushstroke, white and crimson, black and burgundy, in a shape that is vaguely human, but deep down, you both know it isn't. Until there is a portrait of you, Dorian, and you look into it, and then you're looking out from it, out at Basil. And the last thing you see is his wounds closing as he throws a tablecloth over it. And you disappear into your own world for many, many years. And the show goes on forever and ever and ever. Cap, thank you so much. I could not have imagined a more perfect (laughs) origin story for Dorian in the Monster Hour canon. So I really want to thank you for coming on and for doing this. And this was a blast. Folks, if you're not already listening to Shipping Crits, go do that. Thank you so much, Quinn. This was, I mean, I am a massive fan of your show and a massive fan of the Dorian character. So this was just a dream and that was a whole lot of fun. I think that's it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky.